Today on episode 426 of I Am Salt Lake podcast is our conversation with local Salt Lake City musician, Talia Keys. We get to find out her story. We get to find out what got her interested in playing music, why she loves the Salt Lake City music scene, why she loves Utah. We talk about it all in this conversation. It is a great conversation. Uh, Thank you to everyone that requested Talia to come on the podcast. We got a lot of emails for her. Uh, One thing to keep in mind, though, this conversation was recorded a few weeks ago, way before all this coronavirus outbreak happened, and uh, we were still able to do in-person interviews Yeah, here in our podcast studio, and uh, there was some part of the conversation that you might be like, well, is this still going to go on? Like, I don't know what's going on with her musically. It doesn't feel as relevant at the exact moment, right? And I know a lot of the uh, Salt Lake City musicians here, you know, they're out of work. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the bars and restaurants are closed, like uh, Talia. You know, I know she's uh, not able to work right now. So go and go and check out her music. Buy some of her music on her website. Hey, before we get too far, though, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Chris Hollifield. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at Lady Salt Lake. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City. We talk to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, musicians, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. You know, I don't know if I've really talked about this on the podcast a whole lot. We have a website, supportsaltlake.com. Go to your web browser, type it in right now. This is a list of I Am Salt Lake supporters. These are small businesses right here in the uh, Salt Lake City area they are supporters of this podcast. So as a lot of you know, a lot of small businesses are struggling right now. So head on over to supportsaltlake.com, check out these businesses and go and support them. I mean, there are some great local businesses on there. I mean, everybody from uh, Salt Lake Barbershop, Market Source Real Estate, Mark Miller Subaru, Elevation Chiropractic Center, uh, the Holy Grill, Momentum Electric, And whatever we can do right now to help support local is the best thing possible. So whatever you can do. A lot of people out of work, a lot Mm -hmm. of people uh, low on funds. Go to supportsaltlake.com and support these businesses. And enough chit-chat on our end here. Let's get into this conversation that we had with Talia Keys when she came over to our podcast studio. We got to talk to her. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it because I enjoyed recording it. Enjoy. I like to even start back to where's even home for you, where you grew up, yeah. are you from Utah? Born and raised Salt Lake City, Utah. And actually kind of close to either downtown or Sugar House area my whole life. And I still live in the same house since I've lived in since the fourth grade. So, uh, and shout out to my mom for that. <laughs> wow. So yeah. you're, you still live in the, like with your family? Yeah, then, with my mom. You, okay. Yeah, did, with my mom and my partner. Moved no. out, you know? So we, I mean, we're going to jump right into it. Like we tour about 90 days out of the year. And so it just seems more feasible and just makes sense to uh, stay at the house that I've always been at instead of paying rent somewhere. And Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I do all the cooking and cleaning and all taking care of mom and she takes care of my cat when I'm on tour. So 
so works you, out. So you two are 90 days out yeah. of the year, which, yeah. is, which is a lot. I mean, that's three oh, yeah. months. Really. Yeah, generally. We try to do like three tours. You know, we uh, this year, wanna, we definitely have a tour that's going to the West Coast, and then we are going back to the South, hopefully sometime in the fall. I actually, let's jump into that for a second. I want to, I want to, I want to pick around with that, especially with Chrissy. She has a background in comedy and, <laughs> uh, you know, so often people say they can't make it if they live in Utah, right? Like you have to move to LA or you have to right. move to New York. It seems like you're making it work for you by for staying now, in Utah or do you, yeah. you feel you need I, to I think there's both, you know, I think that just staying in Utah, you will hit a plateau Mm-hmm. And you will only get so far. Then being based in Utah and at least touring, you're going to build connections. You're going to build family and friends in other states and try to build, you know, the same fan base, which has been has proven to be pretty hard on my own independently. But I do have five years or six years, actually, of touring coast to coast experience. And I realize that it helps my career. It helps my sanity. I'm not just playing the same clubs every single show, you know, I really right. like help spice up my life because, you know, I'm not. And for some people, they love just coming and being based out of Salt Lake City and they call that home. There's uh, not as many resources, you know, as far as music companies or entertainment companies, booking agents, management. Uh, we do have really amazing kick ass recording studios. I will say that. But there aren't very many labels here. Do you think that labels are important nowadays for um, musicians? I've no, always wondered that. Yes and no, too. It's okay. a double, I think it's a double answer because in the day and age of digital music and Spotify, anyone can put out an album. Anyone can get their music out there. Back in the day, you needed a label to make an album. Right. But now you can just record in your bedroom and, you know, put out a record. Where a label I think is really good is that they just have this much bigger reach, this yeah. much bigger. They can promote you a lot easier. Yeah, establish yeah. fan bases for other bands, um, touring rosters, all sorts of stuff. So that is the goal. Right now, we're 100% organic, independent. I do all the managing, booking, promoting, and then my partner, Milan, makes all of my music videos, runs my sound, uh, wow. does all of our internet and web stuff. And- you guys must be tired. Uh, it's not too <laughs> that's bad. That's a lot of work. It, it is. You know, like when we're on the road, when you're doing a 30-day tour, that's the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life. But it's also kind of like this. It's I think it's because it's physically exhausting, but it's also so emotional. And it changes you no matter what. You're going to change if you leave your realm and go do something different for a couple of days. So where, like, favorite city that you've played New in? New Orleans. Really? I don't even have to think about we, it. Yeah. We, we got a buddy out there that does a similar podcast, the Beyond Bourbon Street. Oh, it's, I it's, listen to Beyond Bourbon Street. Do you no, really? Yes. No kidding. Mark, Dude, Mark, Mark Brock. Brock. Nice. I love that show. No yeah. kidding. Because yeah. when we drive to places, I'll always look up local podcasts. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I'll look up a local radio station. I'll look up where the best food is. And then I'll look up, you know, a podcast or 20 things to do in the city. And his podcast pulled up. So yeah, like, yeah this is great. We met uh, we met him at a podcast conference like five years ago. I think it might have been yeah, four like or five four, years four ago. years ago. Nice. And uh, we've just kept in touch, and we we meet up every so often, and we we give each other tips because you know, hey, he's over in Louisiana, and yep. we're over here yeah. in Utah. So. Have you guys been? No, no, no. We really, really, really need make to make it happen. It's one of the coolest cities what, on the planet. What's your favorite thing about New Orleans? Well. 
Just the, honestly, the music is uh, number okay. one, but I mean, that's a hard call because food is also number one. <laughs> and just culture, it's diversity, you know. But there's something to be said, like Congo Square was the birthplace of jazz, you know, and Louis Armstrong and all these other players that were based out of New Orleans. And jazz music became funk, became rock, became blues, became all these other things. So I just think going back to these historical awesome places and learning from them and hearing what they have to say like musically speaking oh yeah it's like the home base of music yeah especially american music you know and where you get these different you know african rhythms that were blended with uh country and bluegrass and it's just it's like you know jazz banjo is a thing in new orleans and in Utah, banjo means bluegrass, you know? <laughs> so when you're on tour, do you take much time to like tour the city and stuff? Do you tr- make yeah. time for that? So right now, because we are independently touring, we can do that. So yeah, I'll, if we're in New Orleans, I want to be there at least four days. Okay, That's just me personally. Austin, Texas, same thing. I want to be there at least two to three days. If we're playing some smaller towns, usually just... I try to just do the day there. In and out. <laughs> um, but definitely, we the best tours are the ones where you have... 20 shows in the 30 day period because that gives you days off to actually like it's worth driving 14 hours through the night so you can actually enjoy the ocean the next day you know what motivates you to keep doing i mean i'm sure there's days you don't want to get up and you're just like this sucks i don't want to do this how so what do you do well you just you get through those bad moments you know mostly the bad moments on tour happen when things go wrong which happen all the time Yep. I mean, if you don't do terrible on stage once in a while, you're not doing it right. Well, and it's not, I'm not talking stage stuff because really that that, for me, that's like, that's just easy. That's riding a bike. But I'm talking like car trouble or getting lost or being stuck in insane traffic or showing up to South Carolina and there's a hurricane that happened to us our first time out to South Carolina. We're like, oh, great. We have all these beach shows and they got hurricanes all week. Oh but, no! So what you have to cancel everything? Well, we didn't. Happens. We ended up only I think having to cancel maybe one show because it ended up not being as big of a hurricane and it blew out. But yeah, wow. I mean, it wasn't this like sunny beach week we thought we were going to get, and so we got through that stuff. But that one was I think we did ten shows in thirteen days there. I can't remember. It was a lot of shows, not enough beach time. Oh yeah, yeah. And so now we, you know, in our sixth year of touring, we definitely tour smarter, not harder. Let's go back to like when you were young, because I'm sure you've been playing music for quite a few years. Like how old were you when you wanted to start creating music? So my mom had a friend who played in a disco band, and I want to say that they were called the Disco Drippers back in the day. They're they're, still around. Yeah, I was going to say they're still a disco. But he was a disco dripper, you know, a long time ago. It was Ray Brown, and he had this like gigantic drum set in his house, and I got to sit down and play this thing, and I could play a beat. And he was like... You know, to my mom, Camille, he's like, you got to get her a drum set right now. Like she can play a rock beat just without me even teaching her. And then uh, so that's my first like remembering playing an instrument. Um, But my family's always played instrument. My pappy played guitar. I didn't ever meet him, but and he's my great grandpappy. But that's like where kind of some of that music. So then my aunt. It's in your blood. Yeah. My aunt Florence played like eight different instruments and. My grandpa's got a beautiful voice. My mom plays piano. My brother plays guitar. My other brother plays drums. So did you grow up doing like family concerts and no, stuff? No, not really. really but we do now, actually. <laughs> do you? Like, That's yeah, so cool. I have a few cousins who are my mom's cousins. So they're more like uncles to me, but they uh, all play guitar. So when we get together for my grandpa's birthday, 
each year we'll bring our you know guitars and drums out and kind of play some tunes that's so great yeah but i so my first instrument was drums and i was nine years old when i got my first kit from santa claus super stoked on that so what instruments do you current like so you play guitar as well what what other instruments yeah guitar i mean i played mandolin for a while um i can play piano i wouldn't say i'm like brilliant but i have played record on uh or piano on two of my records and synthesizers and that's I think that's it bass Are, yeah. and self-taught or can you kind of just pick an instrument up and you're Pretty like okay I could, I could i could figure this out right i had lessons when i was you know piano when i was nine drums when i was 10 guitar when i was 16 but they were never longer than just like a few months i'm one of those kids that like i would get fidgety and i'm like i don't want to learn twinkle twinkle little star i want to play Jimi hendrix you you're know like you learn your way yeah and yeah. i was you know um kid from the 80s but the internet was out when i started to play guitar so guitar tabs were like the coolest thing because you could look up most any song you want to learn and it would it tells you the number and the frets and what string and so if you can just kind of figure out the pattern you can play music wow yeah very that's impressive i have tried so many times to play string instruments and they're I think you have to be a special kind of person to no, do that. I challenge I you. Come to rock camp. I don't know, man. That's Come to rock camp. I should. That's yeah. I should. You, you do the rock camp. Yeah, so uh, I'm the music director of rock camp at SLC. Okay, we yeah. just we just, uh, we just just had an episode about Yeah, with Hillary. That. We did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's cool. Kind of a little bit of a fault. You guys just did the adult. Uh, we did, yeah. Was the Slay Lake. Slay Lake City. City. That's what I would love to How do. That's what you need to do. So How did that go? How did that go? It was phenomenal. We had nine bands. We had nine amazing songs uh, that they played Monday night at the Depot. We had a good turnout. We raised over $8,000 for our summer camp sessions. Um, and it was just, every time, it's so life-changing, you know. And people say it. They they come to camp knowing that it's going to change their life, but I don't think they really realize how much it will. It's not a music camp, you know. It's an empowerment camp. Yeah. So, And it's an amazing way to, like, meet and make good friendships as an adult, which is yes. super hard. It is super hard. And you yeah. are forced to meet people the very right. first, like, <laughs> within minutes of being there. We're like, okay, here's a circle. Get in it and talk. Yep. You oh, know? you're an introvert? Sorry. Yep. Here you go. Sorry, not you know? sorry. Um, exactly. But it's kind of cool. It does it gets there. And I'm actually a pretty shy person until I get to know people. But so it always puts me in like this uncomfortable place too. Like I got to meet people and talk about life. Like I just, I'm not, I don't have a guitar in my hand. What am I doing? But uh, it's really cool. And I think, you know, our kids program is absolutely amazing. What we do in Salt Lake City is so needed for young girls, trans and gender expansive youth that, you know, it's hard to be any of those things in the planet, but it's also hard, especially in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, our adult camp, you're getting people who've had 40 plus years of negative self-talk or, you know, not feeling like they can take up space or it's just like the same things that society puts on our kids has been put on these adults for so long. So to see them like break through those barriers, it's yeah. incredible. Especially in Utah, because, you know, because of the culture here. Yep. Being musically talented for some reason is very important. Yeah. And so everybody has to push really hard to be the best at music. Yeah. Even though we're all the same as everyone else. Yeah. So a lot of people probably come feeling completely inept. Like, well, I, you know, I didn't do this as well as that person growing up. And so I shouldn't even try. Yeah. Comparison's the killer of joy. Totally is. You know, and it's, I I also do feel like the music here in Utah, just in general, is competitive. It's competitive everywhere, but there is a different level. 
you don't see as many collectives coming together or you don't see as many like bands banding together and saying, hey, we're going to make it better for our city. It's kind of like, well, we're all just kind of cool doing our <laughs> things. We're just all surviving, right? Yeah. But yeah. once you do build these like like rock camp is my community and like a lot of us luckily have bands. And so we do we have a built in kind of community that helps elevate everybody which so. is so great because comp you know they're like you said there's so much competition and yeah. i feel like that really just drags everyone down it does if sometimes. you can build a community and lift each other up it all it does is help everybody in the community yeah yep i always hated those uh best of utah music things i personally just always was like i get what they're trying to do but i just always felt like there was a more positive way than making it a competition there's right. more of a positive way than saying who can get is m the most Facebook likes on this and who can get this many votes. Like I get what they're doing, but I'm like, there's a better way to elevate music. So people pause and just remember that this things are going to change. And maybe I might be working on something I can't talk about right now. Oh. But well, that's a, I'm just putting this out there that <laughs> that's there a big is, hint drop yeah, with no information that we want to do uh, that is going to elevate some Utah music. That's so, so cool. Yeah. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Momentum Electric. You can find them online really easy at MomentumElectricSLC.com. Momentum Electric is your local Salt Lake City electrical company with over 10 years of experience from Kevin and his team. At Momentum, you can always trust their employees and the work that they're going to do. Some of the services that they offer, if you're wondering what kind of services they offer, maybe you need to get some wall outlets in that new home you just moved into. Well, they can do that. Maybe you want to change out or add some can lighting in your basement. Well, they can do that. Hey, maybe you want to uh, change out devices. They can do that. Maybe you want to change out your electrical panel and service equipment at your house. Well, Momentum Electric can do that. Hey, maybe you got yourself a Tesla, maybe you got yourself an electric vehicle, and now you need to install an EV charger. Well, Momentum Electric can do that for you. If it has to do with electrical, chances are Momentum Electric can help you out. Momentum believes in following the National Electric Code and doing the finest work to make your home more beautiful and more efficient. Momentum Electric has fair pricing and they will never try and sell you on something that you don't need or doesn't work for your situation. They will always listen to your needs and help to solve your issues in the best way possible. Momentum will always treat you with the utmost respect because they want to create a lifelong relationship with you. Their website, MomentumElectricSLC.com, head on over, check it out. But better yet, just give my buddy Kevin a call, 801-580-2430. That way he can give you an estimate for your job. Again, the website, MomentumElectricSLC.com, or Kevin's number is just 801-580-2430. And many thanks to Momentum Electric for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. There's uh, so we have a Facebook group which I invite everybody to join. If you're listening, you're not part of the group, just go to IamSaltLake.com/group. Cool. That will forward you to the group. We mentioned uh, the other day that we were going to be talking with you, and if anybody had anything that they really wanted us to bring up, nice. Brittany has uh, a few questions here. I wanted cool. to kind of, first of all, she said that you're an amazing, talented, engaging performer. 
in your awesome. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Brittany. She says, uh, let's see here. I should have, she just barely uh, posted these here. Her performances often include political dialogue, and I wonder what great and awful responses she has gotten from people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is, uh, this is the story of my life being a political artist in Salt Lake City, Utah, is the fact that I have been fired from about 80% of the venues I used to play at. Bars. No way. Yes, bar mostly bars. Um I'll just be honest, a lot of the ski resort bars, uh some bars in Cottonwood Heights and other various places have either said, you know, they just flat out won't book me anymore, or they've said, you know, we don't want you talking. You we love your music, but that's always come. So because they don't want to be controversial Is themselves. It, yeah, in you're a political? way. Because I'm political. Yeah. So and in most of it really honestly, I've always been political. So it really I saw it got worse when Trump ran for president in twenty sixteen. Everything I th- I th- it got worse. Well, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it, if it, I, it literally like, got worse yeah, for all of it us. Did. And, <laughs> and I I thought kinda of in the beginning, I was like, This is a joke and it's just for television, this is great. So I would poke fun at him because he's funny. Like the guy oh, yeah. you can poke fun at him. He's he's a dumbass let's be honest <laughs> well we all uh, thought it was a big joke yeah we did know? so i would just make jokes like you know he's the only thing he's good at is putting the mint on my pillow because he's a hotel guy whatever but those little things would really start to piss certain people off so really? well uh, especially one, people with money yeah one particular you know? place uh, where people do or have come from a lot of privilege I had my windshield kicked in. My car was peed Holy on. Shit. They Are were you calling serious? me Dyke. They were here calling, in Utah. Here in Utah, calling no. my friends Dykes, and they didn't kick this kid out until he took his shirt off. Oh, because that's him really offensive. His shirt off was the offensive thing, <laughs> oh. but not calling the person who has played at their establishment for six years. Oh my gosh! Sold out packed shows with her bands, um, and this was a solo show where I'm more vulnerable. You know, they didn't take my side. They they took his side. Basically, wow. and then, then, then I mean, then there was a night where I had money thrown at me by a Trump supporter. It was like, you don't like one percenters? Well, here, and he threw thirteen hundred bucks at my face. But can you imagine throwing twenties at my face and how long that would take? You know, for thirteen hundred dollars. Hopefully, you 20s. kept it. Yeah, I oh, I, I bought everybody in the bar a shot, yeah, I was say. and then we bought a camera with it. Of course, I kept it, but at the same time, I was like, "This is the most demeaning." I actually cried mm-hmm. after that. It was so demeaning. Yeah, he was yeah. treating me like I was up there dancing for tips, and no offense to any of that, because I support everybody to do what they love. Um, but I was up there playing music, right? And the way that he responded was he completely responded. inappropriate for the situation. Oh yeah, I've been yelled at to shut the fuck up. I've been oh called my gosh. A bitch. I've been called everything. And physical <laughs> violence, you know, physical violence has happened. So I stopped playing that place. Yeah, well, do you want to play? No, I mean, if no, I don't. People that are there, I don't. But, I mean, how do you handle that? Because that's um, really difficult. For a while, I, mean, I, I would was get depressed about it. Very for, angry. Yeah, and like, but then I, you know, I realized like, well, these clients have always kind of been from this same demographic, and it's their choice to be this way. I think what hurt me the most is just. For the years of business that I brought them, that it was just like, yeah, you're, we're done. You know, it's just like a, and tons of bands still play there, and it's all right. I support that they play there, but I can't go see my friends play. You know, and I used to, I used to go and see other bands there and support, and I'll have people like, why don't you come see me anymore? I'm like, well, if you could play somewhere else, you know. I and would. I really think that that is the responsibility of the venue. They should be supporting their artists. Yeah. Yeah. And people can come or not come. Yeah. But, and the, I, you I know, know, I mean, it, the hot topic was Donald Trump, obviously, but mm-hmm. the other hot topic was legal marriage. 
Because I was told that, you know, I was promoting the gay agenda Are by saying serious? that I wanted to marry my partner. And I was oh. like, oh, man, if I'm promoting the gay agenda, I'd be giving you an Elton John CD. I'm putting sequins on your clothes. You know, I mean, it's well, like it's not like I'm coming to your door and knocking at your door to, like, convert you to something. Well, and here's my thing. OK, <laughs> I'm just going to rant for a minute. The whole the quote unquote gay agenda is not even a thing. No, it's like. Not. That's a ridiculous assumption it's that people make. It's brunch on Sundays. <laughs> That's about all our game. I mean, we have. I'm in. Yes, so, right? But for real. I mean, people, oh. Make, so, I mean, but so I do, ignorant. I think it comes from a place, it's not necessarily a place of like people being horrible or anything. It all starts, I think, with ignorance. Mm-hmm. And then when what some people are afraid of, it tends them to act ways that they maybe normally wouldn't. Um, so, and that's why I did decide, you know, I'm not going to tone down who I am. Look at my hair. Look at my outfits on stage. Like, I, I'm i a female playing electric guitar, which is a rare thing in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like I can really turn those things off, right? And so and instead of changing who I was and keeping these crappy bar gigs, I said, no, nah, it's all right. Went through some hard times for a little while. I mean, this was a lot of money that I was generating playing all these places, um, but now I do shows at the stateroom, you know, which is a th- big theater. It's a production. We have ticketed events. It's it's just, it, it's it's more, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy with the doors that have closed because bigger doors have opened. Um, and we played Utah Pride Festival in front of thousands of people. And, you know, like I said, I've done a lot. So it's been hard being a political artist for yeah. sure. You look at it such a, a good way that I think a lot of people should be looking at their situations, if, especially if you're an artist. Yeah. And... Y- a certain crowd just isn't working for you. It's so impressive that you're like, okay, that's not for me. And you just move forward because it's way easier to just get mad. Oh, totally. And I mean, not to say I haven't gotten mad. Oh no, you're totally allowed to. Or ranted on stage or told people right back what they just told me. You know, it's like, well, my mic's louder. So you shut the fuck. But (laughs) I just realized like that, you don't want to be around all that negativity. And honestly, I haven't had a physical altercation since I stopped playing that place. I very rarely get complaints. I still do get some complaints here and there. I just feel like when these doors close, as hard as it is to have change, the universe is like, you deserve more than what's happening. I think this is another good example of, uh, you know, standing up for what you believe in still mm-hmm. will work out for you. Like maybe you can't yeah. play those places, but other doors opened up for you, right? Exactly. I mean, the stateroom, I mean, that yep. place is beautiful. Yep. And they've mm-hmm. been all, you know, super supportive. I've played there for 10 years now and put on yeah. about 17 or maybe even 18 shows. From, okay. We do full blown tribute shows every Halloween and then we always do our album releases and I just played there Saturday. I have support in Salt Lake City. It's just that support has changed and fans have changed, but I also still have some of my same fans from when I started way back playing music with Tony Holiday. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop. The Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop's mission is to make Utah cool one dreadlock at a time while offering a clean, affordable, and professional experience filled with love and understanding. And I can tell you personally that they nail it. They are an amazing company. They're amazing people. I went and got my dreadlocks done with them, and I've enjoyed every time I've gone in to have an experience. Now, we know at the moment we're kind of in a lockdown, and uh, so most salons and Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop, they're kind of shutting down for the moment. However, they've reached out to all of us, all of their clients, all of their potential clients, to explain that They're here. We can text them anytime with any questions. They're going to be updating their social media with how to clean and maintain our dreads. 
until we can get back in for upkeep. So I really appreciate everything that they've done for me. And if you would like to follow them, please go follow them. Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop on Facebook.com. You can visit them at slcdreads.com or text them anytime, 801-824-8298. And they are happy to answer any questions, any preliminary questions, any upkeep questions. They are just absolutely amazing people. Please, please follow them, support them, and check them out. And thank you, Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop, for supporting this episode of the podcast. Do you ever feel a certain amount of pressure being a public figure that people put a lot of weight on everything that you say and everything that you do? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I definitely have, I know that my actions will create reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I know I'm poking the bear. Right. And I know that, like, this might be the last time I get to play at this place, but I got to say this thing, you know? And I at, I was playing a show at Deer Valley and I, uh, Healthcare was a big issue, you know, and I'm type one diabetic. I also have Hashimoto's thyroid. I also have tumors in my hands and my feet. And um, so I have all these medicinal needs, uh, not to mention for hello, medical marijuana, we need it. But so I was talking about it at a show and I could see all these people packing up their coolers and leaving in droves. And then I had someone get on my Facebook and write a big complaint about how I just wanted to enjoy my wine with my friends and you had to go and make everybody feel uncomfortable. And I wasn't being like, shame on you. I was just like, I want health care. Yeah, heaven forbid. Or I'm going to die. Yeah. And that's all I say. You know, it's not like I try really hard not to like pick on anyone or pick Mm -hmm. on a person. I'll definitely pick on the president, but... You but know, speaking issues to, that know. are important is yeah. a good thing. I mean, imagine if no one with a, a following like you, like if we never did that. Yep, exactly. If we never spoke up for the people who need it. Yep. It's Giving very important. Giving voice to the voiceless. And yeah. like my heroes, you know, growing up were always political artists. Bob Marley was one of the first artists I remember really latching onto. And the Beatles, and they had political songs. And Janis Joplin and Aretha Franklin and... Michael Franti and Spearhead, like all these bands that decided, you know what, we're going to use our voice and we're going to fight for change. And so I, was, that's the music that I ended up just needing to make. I tried writing love songs. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized everybody has love songs, you know, yeah, so. Got to go against the, well, the yeah, grain. You got to write about path, what you know. But, you have yeah. to be true to yourself. Exactly. You know, and I've been, I've been in my relationship with Milan for 10 years now. And so it's like, well, unless I'm going to write her another love song, I don't really need to. <laughs> Which I'm to. sure she'd totally hate. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> but uh, and there is a song on my We're Here. It's called Guns Out. And it's, it, it's about almost the dark side of love just when you come out fighting. And it's just like here, you know, where you're so like insistent upon your opinion that it, you don't matter. If, it doesn't matter that your daggers are out, right? That's what that song's about. It's like sometimes you better just learn, hey, chill down, take a minute, then you'll get your point across. So so I definitely write about life experiences on uh, yeah. all my records. Another question here from Brittany is, uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Who are her favorite local and non-local artists, not limited specifically to music? So oh, I guess, wow. however, you, I mean, that's a big question. That's a broad I mean, uh, I mean well, you, you mentioned like the Beatles and Bob Marley. Yeah, and, those were definitely you know. early influences. Um, you know, right now I listen to a lot of Lizzo, Janelle Monae. 
I listen to Anderson Pack. I've always loved hip hop music, so Tribe Called Quest, yeah. People Under the Stairs. Um, I've always loved funk music, uh, really just anything but Shaka Khan. She's amazing. Um, I already said Aretha, like Diana Ross, Motown, Stax. I grew up, the very first artist that I was obsessed with, if you can't tell by my haircut, was Elvis Presley. There you go. So when I was really little, nine years old, I used to cross-dress as Elvis and do lip-syncing shows for, you know, my classmates. No kidding. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so cute. And so that's like kind of where I think the whole rock star thing came from was like, oh, I knew this music was something that I wanted to do, as well as like kind of transforming like... You know, and pushing on that gender binary and cross-dressing at a young age. And my mom totally was all about it. She let me cut my hair short when I was little, so. Do you have video of you singing? No, because like, I was, I was, I was actually, actually like 1994. I wish we had video. Yeah, but, yeah. Everybody VHS didn't have a camera or, back then. Right? Yeah, I guess at 94. There's God, pictures. That's a long time There's ago. pictures. Wow. For sure. Yep. <laughs> what about what about some local? Do you have like one? I know there's a lot of local. Oh, tons of local bands that I love. I mean, we just played a show with Big Blue Ox, uh, okay. and they're incredible funk, instrumental funk. Um, their bass player Greg Shaw has helped produce two of my albums alongside Mike Sasich, Man vs. Music. I love anything that Mike's doing in his studio, and also what he's playing on his guitar. Okay. Um, any, you know, I'm just trying to think, drawing a blank, but I mean, I. The very first band that I played in was with Tony Holiday. You know, we went to some uh, open mics and played. I played mandolin. He played bluegrass guitar. And we didn't really know what we were doing, but we were making noise. And then we <laughs> met Jordan Young at Pat's Barbecue. And so the three of us did a little trio for a couple months. And then we did a full-on band called Blue Root. We played a couple festivals, did some shows around here. Um, but then the three of us kind of all went musically our own separate ways, which I think has always been super cool to me to see because we knew the three of us all wanted to lead our own project. Just there was some headbutting. There's definitely like, who's going to be in charge of this band? And so now the fact that we did all kind of like break up and go our own ways and everybody's been pretty successful in touring and putting out albums and playing tons of shows, I, I think it's rad. So that's kind of, I think that's really cool that my local band story started that way. Um, but then I was in a band called Marinade for a really long time. So I love uh, Jimmy Lauscher. He plays in a band called Balls Capone and Max is their bass player. Max is one of the very few men who come to rock camp all day, every day. You know, there's lots of females there that volunteer and trans non-binary, but Max is one of one men who's there all day, every day. So shout out to Balls Capone. <laughs> so rare. Uh, but there's so much local music. I just feel the, the the heat on right now. Like, who am I forgetting? But pretty much, you know, and I love Michelle Moonshine. Yeah. I love a lot of the female acts that we're seeing. Veda Wave, Megan Joy and Quinn Allman are putting out music. There's so many, and, and so I hate many. to put you on the spot. You yeah, know, you don't want to okay. forget anybody, yeah. you know. But how would you, I mean, this is, this is a different question I've asked this to a few musicians that have come on in the past. It's been a while, so I'm curious what your take would be is if somebody wants to get involved with the local music scene, yeah. like even say they moved here. We, we get listeners that don't even know where to start. Yep, totally. Where, where would you tell them to start? Green Pig Blues Jam on a Monday night. Uh, the Royal Jam on a Tuesday night. There's a jam at the Club Tequila, I think, on Wednesday night. Um, I think Gracie's has a jazz jam on s maybe Sunday night. I could be wrong about that, but the jams, 
that is definitely the place to get your start. And that's actually where I got my start was at the Blues Jam at the Zanzibar back in the day. <laughs> and then that's when Zanzibar old, yeah. closed, they moved it to the Speakeasy. Yeah. And that's actually where I met my partner. And that's where Marinade, my band of eight years, we got our start was at the Speakeasy. And Blues Jams are and Open Jams are by far the best way to meet anybody. And when I go on tour, if I have a night off, I look up jams and mic, open mics. And I've, I've played with some really like awesome nasty horn players in Nashville one night, you know, and it was just because we had a Monday night off and like played some good blues. And so I think the number one thing is, you know, kind of learn what a jam scene's about, learn what is expected of you as a musician and go out and just meet new people. All right, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by our friends over at the Salt Lake Barber Company. Full disclosure, this is where I've been going for, gosh, two, three years now for all my beard trims, all my haircuts. Isaac over there, I love that guy. Super top-notch guy. Their address, they are located at 10 East, 800 South, right there, right downtown. They offer haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves. They are a true community barbershop. But listen up, they are actually closed until May 1st. I got an email from them, I think it was yesterday, a couple of days ago. They had to close up shop for everything going on with the coronavirus, but they will be back. So head on over to saltlakebarberco.com. That way you can get your appointment scheduled and you can get it set up, maybe even buy a gift card in advance. That way, you know, hey, you know, helps them out why uh, they're not getting a lot of business. Again, their website, saltlakebarberco.com. Go check them out. They offer the best haircuts, beard trim, straight razor shaves. And uh, many thanks to Salt Lake Barber Company for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Another question here from Brittany, she always has a lot of good ones, is uh, who would she love to collaborate with on a project? I don't know if that one's, I don't know. Well, there's, so I, I always already always have collaborated. Like yeah. with KRCL, we have did those Women Who Rock series yeah. where we did a bunch of shows with a, a lot of the local bands, Michelle Moonshine, um, Ginger and the Gents, that's the other band I was forgetting that I love, Chandra, um, and... Sarah DeGraw, another band who's just rips. Um, we had Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, another band who just rips. And we just, I just wanted to, I had these opportunities at the stateroom, and I noticed that not every band has like kind of paid their dues as far as opening for a bunch of bands. And, and so I just saw this platform where I could book these other bands, and we would just kind of like share the love and kind of like raise awareness about each other's bands but also krcl was like i want to be involved and i got the idea from their midday programming every day at noon usually she plays it's called women who rock and so she plays female artists and features them talks about them promotes it and it's just kind of when you know less than 23 percent of the music industry is female identifying whoa you know especially and then you think how many queer artists are actually out let's say that there's a lot of queer artists but how many are actually out so i just think it was kind of cool to be like hey let's collaborate and on those shows we'd always do like a big super jam at the end with pixing the party grass boys we played george michael's faith and then they came up <laughs> for one of my songs and um with michelle and sarah we sang that song from oh brother where art thou 
Oh, um, uh, go to sleep, little baby. I can't think of the name. Yeah, but oh, j- and just did song. it acapella, and that's not something I've ever done in my life before. But so I think when you collaborate with other artists, it just puts you in this other world. And it challenges you it a does. little bit. Oh, and, and, and when you challenge yourself, that's when you grow as an yep. individual, as a musician, as an yeah. artist, as a person. And like I guess to further expand on that question is I'm starting a new record actually Friday or Saturday and Sunday of this week. We're gonna go into Man versus Music, start tracking our newest L- EP. And I am collaborating because I'm bringing on a new horn section to do this record with me. Uh, Candido's the leader of it. They're called the Omega Horns, trumpet and trombone and saxophone. And so I think that's going to be really cool. Um, They play with Joshy Soul and the Cool. That's another band I forgot. I'm like, I knew I was forgetting. I I love them. I've been in touch with him trying to get him on this show. He he played on the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we watched him play live. He was was like going on a tour and then I forgot to email him back or something. Kid is busy. He's also the best dressed musician in Salt Lake City, but we don't need to say that. (laughs) Dude, doing a podcast is tough to get schedules. Yeah. uh, Especially with people like yourself that, you know, you are touring. So to get you when you come to town. So you mentioned how you're going to go start recording doing this recording do you yeah. like playing music in a studio like that or do you like playing in front of a live audience like going on tour so what, what do you like better they're totally different um i will always love the live experience the, the energy right mm-hmm, because i am an energy-based artist like yeah. we come out and we come out swinging you know and i in order to feel that i have to have that from the crowd yeah so which last saturday shout out to our fans you guys are amazing like we had an incredible vibe in the house. The crowd was so loud, it was almost hurting your ears type thing. And like, just to feel that love, you know? And then that makes us throw down twice as hard and um, it's like know, a make symbiotic it it. relationship, it is, you know? It is, totally. Yeah. And so, but what's kind of cool about the studio is you get to breathe. You get to stop and let your songs breathe and and think, all right, what what is making this song, you know, lift? What is making this song not? And you can really just kind of pinpoint you know and make a perfect song which i love it's a, just a different experience when you're not making music what are some other hobbies and interests of yours Ooh. like when you're not uh i mean i don't know maybe you have some secret like woodworking or you know, <laughs> no, I mean, ice skating I, right? I always love art you know um so i used to collect my old drum heads i, I used to be a drummer in marinade that was my main instrument now i play mostly guitar but I'd take all my old drum heads instead of throwing them away. Throwing them away, I would spray paint them and then put old records on them and then turn them into art. But more so now, I just like to get out, you know, and get get physical. Go hiking, take my dog up to the mountains. I used to be a really big skier. I still love skiing, but my body definitely doesn't love it as much as it once did. Um, so I, I've been recovering from a couple of injuries from skiing. So I hope to get back on my skis this year because I do. I just love, I've been skiing since I was six years old, worked at Alta for eight years. I like jumping off cliffs and hitting jumps. So and, you get crazy. Wow. Yeah, not as crazy as I used to. I used to, I had to make that decision. Do you want to be a skier? Do you want to be a musician? Well, cause you got to use your hands. You got to use fall your down hands. And break them. Exactly. You figured out you weren't invincible. Yeah. I so, said that weird. Yeah. Invincible. <laughs> I know. When you're, when you're like 21, 22, you're like, I can do it all. But now yeah. I'm 35. So I'm distinguished. Right. I'm like, all right, it's time to pick one. So music is definitely the thing that therapeutically just makes my heart the happiest but also downtime you know i think it's important to like have downtime so when we are home from a tour we don't like try to push ourselves too much because we know when it's time to go that's time to go so when it's when we're home we tend to like 
watched some, a lot of documentaries. I'll say that. We watched tons of documentaries. What kind um, of documentaries do you like the most? Music ones. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and you realize how depressing it is, you know, because you, literally most of my heroes have had a pretty depressing story. Um, but don't you but think that's, that's kind of what makes them amazing? Yeah, totally. Because if, if they didn't have the emotions and the heartache and the pain that they've experienced to actually create music with, yeah. it would be very shallow music. Yeah, totally. Like Amy Winehouse, for example, I just watched her documentary. Mm. tears you apart. It's really sad, but I think that's why also at the same time she was able to tap into that, you know, just that deeper energy. It's such um, a double-edged sword. It is, you know, and I definitely use my personal experiences and my own hardships being, you know, facing mortality at such a young age. You know, I got diabetes when I was 10 and it was like, all right, you used to just like not have to care about anything. And then now it's, I have to do chemistry 24 hours a day in order to stay alive. So it's like this weird thing that kind of came over me. Um, and I think instead of letting something like that fully depress me, it was like, no, nah, turn that energy into like, you got to almost like I have to work twice as hard because I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. I think that's more of a like, challenge. Yeah, in a way, you know, yeah. and it's what drives me for sure. For sure. Let's uh, shift gears to Salt Lake City. We have a few Salt Lake City questions we ask pretty much on every show. Uh, Family and friends visit us from time to time, I'm sure, especially yourself. I mean, you've lived here your whole life, so you've had friends from out of state come to town. Where do you take them? What's the tour? Buildings, areas, hikes, camping? What do you do, do, Talia? Red Iguana. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Yes. Wait, number one or number two? Number they're, two, they're, of they're course. The, number two. I, they're the same room. No, yeah. they are. They but are. Number but the, two, the experience get in quicker. quicker yeah. yeah. And, and they have a, a huge dragon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so. they do, right? And my yeah. niece loves that dragon. And also the mountains. You know, I always say you have to see our nature. Um, but if someone's coming to town and they have time, I tell everybody to go to Moab. Or if you can't go to Moab, at least go to somewhere in southern Utah and see Mars. Because there's nothing really like that. And it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So I, once again, our outdoors is really what's kept me here, you know, and kept my mom here. She was not raised LDS, you know, and she was single mom in the 80s in Utah. She could have easily gone somewhere that was more forgiving or, you know, but now she's a ski, skiaholic. So she had to stay here. You mentioned Red Iguana. Do you yep. have like one or two other favorite local eating spots? Oh, that you for enjoy? sure. I mean, for breakfast, I love the Park Cafe, oh, yeah. Sweet Lake oh, yeah. Biscuits, yeah. Oh, Eggs yeah. in the City. Yeah. But other restaurant joints, I, my favorite pizza is Rusted Sun Pizzeria. Okay. Um, and my brother's actually part owner of it, so I am biased. But I've had pizza all across America. And literally, it is the best pizza. Better than Chicago? Better than Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest deep dish fan. I like more okay. of the, because they are New York style. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I've had pizza in, it was a place called Lombardi's, and it's supposed to be the oldest pizza place in America, in New York City. And that was bomb. I will put that right there with my brother's pizza place, Rusted Sun. That's a high recommendation. Yes, it is. Nice. So good. And see, I always hear from people, there's not good pizza in Utah. Oh, you got it. They just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know, right? Yeah, you haven't tried it. No. <laughs> and I do have to shout out to the Pies um, gluten-free pizza. Oh, yeah. The they... fact that they have a fully dedicated gluten-free kitchen, and it's good. Like, my partner's gluten-free, and I was actually really surprised. I'm like, all right, 
I'll give them brownie points for that. See, and I'm, nice. I'm gluten-free as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to eat that pizza all the time. It's been a while since I've yep. had pizza there. But uh, what would you change about Salt Lake City? Let's say you had the opportunity. I don't know if you were mayor. I don't know how much the mayor could really change. Yeah. But If you were president of Utah. <laughs> if I was president of Utah. <laughs> let's say you could change a few things um, just for fun. There's so just much I would fun. change. Um, the number one thing would be our air quality. Yeah. Mm, because mm-hmm. I, as a singer... I am constantly fighting lung infections and uh, sinus infections. And when I'm on tour, I am not. I don't have a hack. I still have a little bit of the Janus rasp that I've always had, but I definitely don't wheeze when I breathe. But when I'm here in Salt Lake City, I wheeze. I have asthma, basically. It's just going to keep getting worse, it though. Is. That's what's that's scary. It is, so scary and so sad. And you think in a place where family values is number one and our children in the future are number one, they really would care about this, but you know, if we could dedicate some energy away from like the porn crisis to yeah. the air crisis, we could really accomplish <laughs> wow. a lot. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, you know, the porn crisis is mostly with your own people. I know. So, yeah, <laughs> who's the real problem? I, I don't have a crisis right? with it. I'm just like <laughs> Mormons. I, it's I, and I just think <laughs> I I have a lot of you know Mormon family and friends, and so it's just one of those things where you're like. Hey, I was raised Catholic and I didn't try to change your life with my Catholicism. Right. And so I think, you know, I would really love to remove, re- separate, you know, church from state. I think that would be so crucial and important. Mm-hmm. Could um, you not, imagine that? It'd be incredible. Here? We could, I mean, yeah. we're getting there with our, like our alcohol content just went up, yeah. but then our DUI rate just went down. You know, right. I mean, it's like, well, what? There always we has don't to be have, some weird counter yeah, effect. And we don't yeah. have, you know, tracks. We don't have public transportation that goes past 11 p.m. Uh, or on Sundays. Or on Sundays. And it's just like. Our, our first medical marijuana dispensary opened up, and, though. But do you know how many hoops you have to jump through? And you have yeah. to go see. I mean, here's the deal that I, I, I will. I have a diabetes appointment this week. So I'm going to talk yeah. to my doctor about it. Um he knows that I use marijuana because I've had to for the tumors. Yeah. You know, they've they tried to put me on opiate painkillers, and mm. uh, my dad died of an overdose four years ago, just a couple days ago. So it's kind of like I knew that that was not the route that I could or would want to go down. And so when I'm like, well, we're surrounded by legal states, I'm gonna try this. CBD oils and THC oils have they shrunk the size of the tumors in my feet, you know, and kind of stopped them from growing. No kidding. Um, and, and a lot of people end up having to have surgery for these things. It's called Dupuytren syndrome and Lederhosen syndrome, <laughs> and it's because I'm a Viking, and that's I why mean that I have sounds it. a little more fun. Yeah, it's you know? <laughs> pretty. Uh, but you know, surgeries as a guitar player is like my biggest nightmare because um, you don't want any accidental nicks. It basically on- doesn't guarantee that the tumors aren't going to come back. Yeah. So scar tissue builds up you risk losing full mobility of your fingers and right now i can still fully straighten my hands i can still play guitar but i know that if there was less of a barrier between me and my medicine that my life would be a lot easier see and it sounds like to me you have a qualifying condition I, and I as long as you yeah. have one yep. you should be able to get one and there's so you, actually actually doctors go back to episode 420 go okay. figure right a couple <laughs> episodes <it>. ago <laughs> We had Tim Pickett on the podcast, oh, cool. and we went through the whole steps to actually get your card. Nice, and it's it's a lot easier than people think. Okay, cool. Uh, and and he's actually one of the qualifying doctors that you can go to, Sweet. and 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 they 
like if your regular doctor won't do it, there's doctors that, you know, obviously, you know, that are, will that, that are like, Hey, we, we know that this stuff and is insurance good. covering, you know, no. people seeing those doctors. No. That's the that, one thing you're like, ah, that's, but you yeah. know what? In the long term, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth paying to go see that doctor. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky that I'm privileged enough that I can afford that. That's where we're like, we need less barriers because there's a lot of people who can't even afford their insulin, oh. you know, let alone insulin go, is go see just... a doctor for marijuana. So and, and, yeah. and I don't know the whole, and gosh, I know we're not a marijuana podcast here all of a yeah. sudden, but Dragonfly, the first dispensary that opened up here at 7 yeah. State Street, I went to their uh, media, their event they did nice. uh, yesterday, actually. And I want to learn more about it because they're doing a, pro- a program where they're giving cannabis, marijuana to under, uh, like under people that can't afford it. Oh, cool. basically, I guess it was some program that one of the guys was doing out of California. And I don't, I'm probably butchering the whole thing, what they're doing, but basically it's for people that do need it. Maybe they're sick That's or they have awesome. a, diseases yeah. or something yeah. that, and they need this medicine. Cool. The fact so. that they, that they've even like considered it and yeah. created a, I mean, typical Western medicine yeah. won't do that. Yeah. No, you know? Yeah. And it's I do want to, I do want to applaud Utah because it is a big step. And the only reason why we did get this is because we did the prop, you know, and, and a lot of people's put in tons of hard work and made it happen. And mm-hmm. then we had so many people show up and vote for it. And then it, what, it took a year to, for them to figure a year and a half almost to figure it out. So I do want to applaud the change because yeah. when, opiate we have an opiate crisis Mm -hmm. you know and when so many things ptsd depression you know any mental disorders physical ailments cancer all these things can be benefited as opposed to doing opiate drugs you're just like why not you know see i'm just telling you the mormons need to release their own brand of marijuana just call (laughs) it you know the outer darkness or joseph spliff or something (laughs) like and I did not make up those names. I'm not going to take credit for that. Those are but, good, you know, though. I'm They're saying good. like they the puff of wisdom. You yeah, know? exactly. Oh, there you go. See, wisdom. get it rolling. They, they <laughs> and I just I do know uh, Mormon people that use marijuana. Oh, yeah. Because they oh, yeah. had to. And well, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are very conflicted it's, because yeah, they it's, know it, it's mm-hmm. medicine that helps them. That helps them. And they're like, this is all I have to. Yeah. You know? So I think eventually, you know, there'll be a revelation that it's all it's good to do it. And I hope to see, you know, more changes from when I grew up here to where we are now. Oh, it's y'all, changed. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just to just the street art in the city, you know, just just that alone, like all the different murals everywhere. Um and just to the diversity of restaurants and diversity of bars and breweries and distilleries and festivals and music. I love Utah. I it, love Salt Lake City. It's changed a yeah. lot over the last seven, eight years of doing even this podcast. Yeah. Like when I started it, the, this whole idea was like, I want to showcase that, that Utah is normal and yep. that we have a few normal people here. And now all of a sudden it's just like exploded and it's like. It's like a regular place. Yeah, it's like, it oh, yeah. now, wow, what's what's going on here? But it's still really cool to spotlight them here. Yep. On the it is. Well, and you know, you, you see a lot of change too with like the tech industry moving yeah. in and mm-hmm. whatnot, which does one thing I would also like to change is like, we have a huge lack of affordable housing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah which it's I've, getting a little bit worse. You know, it's way worse. And let's like, and then we have, you know, we shut down the road home shelter and then we didn't open up, open up enough beds. And if anything, we should be opening more shelters that have more beds, you know? And then that's just hard for me when churches sit empty six days a week, then they're being heated and they have running water and bathrooms and those sit empty but yet we are forcing people to live in cardboard tents on the side of the road. You know, I, fun fact, 
I got kicked out of the Joseph Smith building one time when I was in college because I was camping and I went there to change to go to general conference yeah. and they thought I was homeless. Oh, man. Oh, See? And they kicked me out. So they kick you out. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? I didn't and realize there was – that was before I really understood yeah. what was going on. But it's like, yeah, give give people some credit. Give them some help. Give them some help. Like, I'm pretty sure Jesus would not have kicked you out. Yeah, you know? yeah. He probably so, would have given you a blanket. And I, having grown up Catholic and go to Catholic school, all the stories that I did learn about Jesus was like that he's my homie. Like right? he's down. He was down with everybody. He's and like a liberal hippie man. He's a Jewish <laughs> socialist, just have, like have my homeboy Bernie. Yes, nice. come on. <laughs> go, go, like, Wait, uh, is Bernie Jesus incarnate? I oh yes, maybe the second coming. The second coming. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but he, I definitely I went and saw Bernie yesterday. Of course, I'm a I'm a big Bernie fan. I saw him back in 2016, and I was in tears the whole time because there was finally a politician talking about my rights, you know, to a huge audience, and talking about immigration rights. My partner's from New Zealand. She actually just got her citizenship. It took over a year. It took so much money and like so much work. She's lived here since she was six, but she still could have under Trump. She still could have been picked up for anything, right? And they see that she's not a citizenship. She could have been deported just like that. That's crazy. And for doing nothing. It didn't matter that she had her green card. It doesn't matter that she has a resident card here. Uh, she could have been deported. And it was like, you know what? No, you need to get your citizenship now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were there, it was just beautiful. I was so overwhelmed with joy and emotion because – the most amount of people that they were cheering for were Hispanic people. And, you know, that uh, there's people from all over the world there in that same day getting their citizenship. And it's just beautiful. This is the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I like to say at my shows, unless you're Native American, you, your family were immigrants to this country. You've no say. You know, really, your family were immigrants. And so if you want to say immigrants can't come to this country, then maybe you should look back at your family line and think about what if someone said that to your family. What mm-hmm. if they were fleeing war? You know, you wouldn't be here today. Absolutely. And so I think sometimes people just get so caught up in these fighting points, they often forget we're human. Every single person's human. It's a human doesn't matter issue. where you come from. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'll tell you how I really feel about all these things. <laughs> I love this. I'm, you're we're, jazzing we're me to, up, man. we ban you from the podcast. Yes. Dang it. Oh, how dare you have opinions I'm at 90% that 90% fired. <laughs> I'm so stoked that we brought you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. So, Me too. So honored. I mean, so many people are saying you got to get Talia on the podcast. You got to get her on the podcast. Before we completely wrap it up, I always like to kind of just open it up. If there's anything you wanted to make sure to mention that we didn't talk about. I mean, I know there's only so much you could talk about yeah. in a short amount of time. I always just say, hopefully we can catch up with you sooner than later totally. on, on an episode. Would but, love to. Uh, I mean, the main thing is that we got coming up is our rock camp, our summer sessions. Our applications are open right now. So it's for kids 8 to 17, okay. girls, transgender, and gender expansive youth that want to join a band, write a song, make a t-shirt, have their lives changed, make the best friends of their life, and then they perform at the hopefully at the depot again uh, at the end of the week in front of you know hundreds of adoring fans. Uh, so that is open right now. We have two sessions in the summertime. I will be going on a West Coast tour. So if you're in California, Oregon, or Washington, um, I'm also trying to do some Idaho shows, but that hasn't panned out just yet. Um, but definitely the West Coast, you know, come see me. We have shows in Portland, uh, Port Townsend, Washington, Eugene, um, Oregon, 
trying to think there's more Berkeley, California. So yeah, there'll be more. Where can people listen to your music? Uh, so is there any like, like are you on Spotify and stuff? Uh, so Spotify is weird. Let me tell you something about Spotify. <laughs> well, I released I, two of my records under my name, Talia Keys. Yeah. My third record was with my full band, Talia Keys and The Love. You think if you were to type in Talia Keys into Spotify that The Love would also pull up. It does not. So if you want the latest music, you have to type that full name in, Talia Keys and The Love. But I'd love for you to follow me on both. So they wouldn't combine it. I had to start fresh and lesson learned. Don't change your band name. <laughs> um, at least for Spotify. At least, at for, least Spotify. for Spotify. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, man, I should have just released it under Talia Keys. And, oh, man. You know, would have been fine. But uh, the best place to go for all things, all my tour dates, my music videos, we just released some pretty awesome music videos, um, is TaliaKeys.com. And that's T A L I A. K-E-Y-S.com. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Chrissy has a final question that she throws out. Uh, everybody that comes through here, thank you again so much. Thank for you, guys. This is podcast. great. I love that you're elevating yeah. the coolness that yeah. Salt Lake City has to ho- offer, yeah, you know? It's a cool city. And if it's I'm, so I'm cool. If really here, I want to make it cool. And I always right? tell people that when I'm on tour, I'm like, I'm from Utah. And they'll be like, what? And, it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and I am weird, but Utah's a cool place. And I always tell people to come out and check out Moab. I'm like, come check out Moab, and definitely you can get drunk here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, good for you. You know, spread right? the good word. Spread the good word. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. Um, but my final question is, uh, if you could leave our listeners with a motto or piece of life advice that you live by, what would it be? We're here to fuck shit up. Oh, I like that. Ooh, yeah. I like that a lot. And I have to confess, it's a song lyric of mine, but that's just... My, you know, a lot of people feel like we don't belong or we don't have purpose. And I'm like, guess what? The fact that you're on this planet, you have purpose. You belong. You have something that you're put on this planet to do. And even just by resisting in the smallest way, whether it be having tattoos or shaving your head or just wearing a T-shirt with something on it, those small acts of resistance mean so much to the younger generation. So just fuck shit up. Many thanks again to Talia Keys for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 426. That's for episode 426. And while you're on the website, dig through some of the back catalog because we have 426 episodes on the website and there is no way that you've listened to all of them. So go <laughs> some great conversations. Go check them out. It is weekly recommendation time. I am really excited uh, to tell you about mine. My weekly recommendation is uh, Five Wives Hand Sanitizer. As a lot of you know, coronavirus has hit the mean streets of Salt Lake City. We need hand sanitizer. That shit is hard to find, you guys. I can't find it at like the stores or anything. Walgreens. Anywhere. I've got my hands on some of the Five Wives Hand Sanitizer it's good. It's good how, stuff. How cool is it that Five Wives stepped up and they're like, let's quit making vodka. Let's make hand sanitizer. <sighs> I love it. I mean, it, it, And they're like bringing it to hospitals. They're really, really supplying the whole area. It's so great. Go check them out on Facebook or go hit them up uh, on their website. I'm not sure how you can get your hands on some, no pun intended there. Uh, <laughs> I got some at the City Weekly store. I think if you went to their website, cityweeklystore.com com or something the city weekly store you should be able to get your hands on some there sorry i wasn't more prepared to tell you how you can get some 
But oh, you can you can find drop points all over. I, yeah, I know they I know they have them. I know they have a few different places in Ogden. You can pick it up in uh, other places. Maybe look on Ogden's own website, fivewivesvodka.com. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're. Yeah, I'm sure. What's your, what's your recommendation? All right, my recommendation. Everybody's talking about the Tiger King on Netflix, right? And we have not watched the whole thing yet, but about a month ago, I listened to the podcast Over My Dead Body, and they have a whole season on Joe Exotic, the whole Tiger King story. From from my experience, I enjoyed it more than so far I've, I'm enjoying the Netflix, right? Go listen to it. Over My Dead Body is by Wondery. It's a fantastic podcast. You will love it. That is my recommendation. Tiger King is a train wreck. It's, oh man, it's more of a train wreck than you even know. Yeah, I, I cannot I wait for you to catch up. I haven't gotten very oh, man. far in it. Part of but... me wants to just tell Chris everything, but I can't, you can't even tell everything that happens. It's crazy. I feel like we should do a Tiger King I Am Salt Lake <laughs> podcast episode. That would be amazing. Let's let's wrap this episode <laughs> up right. though. We got things to do. Let's do it. Before we leave, let's just do a double check and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast in whatever app you listen to podcasts in. We have a brand new episode every week and you want to make sure you don't miss it. Also, go ahead and join our Facebook group by going to IamSaltLake.com forward slash group and that will forward you to the group. Do you know we had 74 member requests last week for the Facebook group? 74 people, How great Chrissy. is that? that? I'm just glad that we're all connecting so well. That you know? Facebook group has exploded. Thank you to everybody that has been uh, su- uh, supporting that, adding friends, inviting friends, adding content to it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, especially with everything going on, we've been posting a lot of what's going on so you can be aware of stuff going on in the city, even job postings. I know a lot of people are out of work right now and there's a lot of places that are hiring. Yeah. And, and if you uh, have information, come join the group and share it. Join the group and share it. Let's become a community, right, guys? Because this time we need each other the most. Hey, you guys have a great week. I normally say get out and enjoy the city, but if you're going to get out and enjoy the city, make sure you stay six feet apart. Support local right now, guys, especially support local. I can't. I can't. The best way you can. Yeah, the best way you can. I know it's really hard right now. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy. 